0: The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Two Dudes, One Double Feature.
1: welcome uh, welcome everyone to two dudes one double feature the show in which two dudes talk two films and that is about it i am dude one richard and i'm Dude Two, joe welcome to the show everybody we got a very exciting pairing for you guys a very interesting pairing really very, <laughs> um very it's very i'm actually really excited about this but before we get into that how you doing, dude, too?
0: Well, I'm doing okay, but I feel like there's a few things I gotta get out of the way as far as, like, things that have happened over the last couple of days. We're recording this July 27th, um, you know, so, uh, this year it feels like there, like, a lot of people, I mean, people always die, but, like, it feels like a lot of notable people have, especially, you know, involving, from, like, films and stuff, um, wanted to mention uh first uh paul sorvino uh you know yeah. Uh, yeah terrific uh terrific actor who we've talked about on our show before in the rocketeer episode very memorable line in that movie
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and then um man you know what is, we've just been losing a lot of like mafia actors yeah like, actors known for being, like, I'm pretty sure we're we're getting, sadly, we're, like, getting through the whole cast of Goodfellas, and I don't like it.
0: I don't like it, um, I do not like it at all, either, I mean, obviously, no. Ray Liotta, ugh, earlier this year, that was awful, um, but, uh, yeah, poor, obviously, poor, so Paul Sorvino uh, was, of course, very famous for being in Goodfellas, Martin Scorsese's Goodfellas, and I was reading the tribute Martin Scorsese wrote about him and I thought it was really, really cool, you know, how, you know, Paul was a really big part of the process. And At one point, like, the scene wasn't working and he told Scorsese, get away from the monitors and just watch what I'm doing. <laughs> 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 you know, um, but terrific, terrific actor, memorable, and, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's always upsetting when we lose any you know, anybody, especially anybody like that, um you know may you rest in peace but we also that same t- day we found out um dave warner passed away dave yes. warner
1: um we've talked about him on the show as well we have um with the episode uh where we talked about titanic mm-hmm. um if you don't if you don't know who david warner is he was in that film he was kind of like the butler bodyguard it's like the character servant type <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh he was working for uh Billy Zane's character Cal. Yes. But he's been like guaranteed you've seen him in something. He's one of those iconic faces that you just recognize similar to Paul Sorvino, you know, who's also a great character was also a great character actor. Um David Warner um uh was uh, in a movie that Joey and I watched pretty recently that we love dearly and spoiler alert, we're going to talk about it this season um the first tron movie yes yes uh he plays he plays the kind of main villain of that one and he's incredible and has so much fun in that role
0: terrific terrific i mean time bandits he was also um he was also in we've got to mention that and for me personally also he played the archmage on gargoyles um yes he was a great
1: and he's the voice of uh ghoul on the batman animated series. yes well batman the animated series yes
0: um and then I also gotta mention too, um, for other people like recently too, last like I'm to get by four or five years, he was in uh Mary Poppins Returns, you know. Ad- mm-hmm. Admiral, yeah, Admiral he, B- <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, he was he was the new uh he was the new uh Admiral character yes. in that one. And um uh show that we love, Penny Dreadful, he played Van Helsing. Yes. Yeah. It was, it was a brief scene. It was a brief moment, unfortunately, but it was great to see. It's always great to I, see. I him.
0: thought he was a great Van Helsing, too, honestly. Yeah.
1: Like, it makes sense.
0: Um, obviously, may he rest in peace as well. I wanted to, you know, talk about those guys, give them their due. Um, that's
1: that's good. That's good. May they rest in peace. Yeah. and Condolences to their families, obviously.
0: Hopefully, I don't have to make another one of these anytime... Uh, do one of these anytime soon, because we got to... <sighs> honestly, yeah. we got to slow down with that. But... Um, Anyway, as far as what's going on with moi me, um you know, I'm doing okay. I I got to say I've been really happy the last couple of weeks because um I love Criterion Collection. You know this, right?
1: Yeah, and, and, I, and they got the big sale going I got on. A big right
0: sale. Now. I got a couple movies there, but more importantly, I've been a, I've been I was one of the quote-unquote founding members of the Criterion Channel. Like I was one of the first people to like pre-order a membership basically for Criterion channel um, and but it's one of, it's one of the subscriptions I ironically enough that I use the least, which is a damn shame because they don't just put movies that are like physically on disk in their collection they put a lot of really unique movies that probably wouldn't find a space on find space in any other streaming service. Um, and they have all these like great collections like I've been re- watching a bunch of movies um, in this noir in color collection. So I like it mm-hmm. includes like leave it leave her to heaven which is a a movie that's in the collection in a very notable good movie, um, but there's other movies um, House of Bamboo, Niagara which features uh, stars Marilyn Monroe. I watched that. I watched Black Black Widow, not the Scarlett Johansson movie, but the 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 Van Van Heflin, Gene uh, Jean, yeah. Jean Tierney's in that one. <laughs> um, good cast. You know, but I was able to see a lot more like unique movies and I was able to watch the before trilogy, which I don't, if I spend too much, like I I know if I'm, if I get an inch, I'm going to take a mile. Um, I love, I freaking love those movies. Um, really maybe,
1: maybe, maybe we can do a whole episode. That was,
0: that would be cool someday. Um, really great set of movies, just utterly fantastic. Got to watch those for the first time and I just got them on Blu-ray, um, I also, with all this joy, I also unfortunately experienced the Gray Man. <laughs> uh,
1: you too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I watched that one. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, listen, L- listen. I, 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 I want to revisit the MCU movies just because th- I remember enjoying a lot of their MCU movies. Um, you know, everybody talks mm-hmm. about Winter Soldier. Oh yeah, what a. Ooh, wow, what a movie wow zowie zowie Wah. and after this Hooah. i i i i'm like maybe not like <laughs> I, i'll say this let me say some good things they have a great cast in this movie like yes like obviously i love ryan gosling um anna de Armas, um uh chris evans as the villain listen he needs to be a bond villain stat like seriously like maybe maybe wait like 20 years have him play like a bond villain it'd be fantastic (laughs) honestly he'd have so much fun i think um
1: i agree i agree
0: uh just all around like cool but like the action wasn't memorable it was too long and uh, i think people been pointing this out is that it just um it feels like a like a bad shane black movie like like a poorly done shane (laughs) black movie And which is why everyone's like oh we want we want uh nice guys too but instead we get the gray man cinematic universe yeah you know but that's probably partly my fault because i watched the movie this week this weekend um but they probably have thought about this for a while you know when they announced those things they've been thinking about it you know for some time but i watched it with my mom and her friend because they wanted to watch it they had enough fun i guess good for them I wasn't I uh, <laughs> my
1: yeah my, my dad my dad really liked it and he and he, like it was funny cuz like I came home from work and uh he co- he looks at me and he's like you know that gray man? I think that's going to be a hit. I think it's going to be a good one. And I'm like I don't know. Is your dad <laughs> just, Is your
0: dad an executive at Netflix?
1: Maybe. <laughs> I think I think he's a producer that changed his name <laughs> on the credits or something. But because, like, you know, as far as the Russos are concerned, I mean, I can't say I didn't like their Marvel efforts. I do like Winter Soldier, and I do like Infinity War, and I, I do like Endgame. We talked about Endgame on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do we talk about Infinity War, or was it just Endgame?
0: Well, we talked about Infinity War in relation to Endgame. It wasn't a feature... Okay. It wasn't one of the featured titles, but with sort of a supplemental viewing, if you will.
1: That's right. Mm. That makes sense. Um, so, I mean, clearly, we do... We, you know, we we I think every time we we make fun of Marvel, we always preface we do like Marvel, um, just so you know. There's some good, like there's some Marvel things we've enjoyed. Yes, um, but I think my my disdain for the Russos, yes, I do have disdain for the Russos, came when I saw the movie Cherry mm. on Apple Plus or whatever it's called, and that movie is a special kind of terrible, and not like a good kind of special. Like it's not like um like a like a venom 2 situation where like there's a lot about it that's not great but you love everything about it because of that
0: energy is like there clearly
1: yeah whereas whereas like in in cherry it's like there's all these stylistic choices um put put to really bad tom holland voiceover narration and everything you just don't give a shit about anything that's happening you're like what (laughs) (laughs) like it's 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 really bad don't watch cherry at all um and so like it it kind of made and it was it sucks because you know you you know you watch those mcu movies and you're like oh i'd be curious to see what they do afterwards and i was excited to watch cherry and then i watched cherry and i was like what is this (laughs) what is going on (laughs) oh and so like I, I hear about the gray man and I'm like I'm I'm like not excited for it. But I do love that cast. Like you mentioned Ryan Gosling, Anna De Armas, Chris Evans. Um I, I, I completely forgot. It's like a knives out Blade Runner twenty forty nine like combo deal, you know? Yeah. Um Anna Dearmas being that link between those two, which is which is great. And um, you know, Jessica Hennick, fantastic, always been a huge fan of hers. Um Uh, who else is in the movie billy bob thornton um though i've always been kind of on and off with him admittedly um those there's some there's some performances of his i really really like and some i'm just like well he's just playing an asshole again Mm. (laughs) and on that note i think because like i watched it and i thought it was better than cherry but it was just kind of like a bland action movie
0: yeah, and I'm like, they spent... Because here's the other thing, too. Richard, this is the most expensive Netflix original movie. like,
1: And this is... It's like, they put all that money into
0: this? Like, two over $200 million for that. For
1: that. Like, you could... you, I feel like... I feel like the um, Russos need to apologize to that cast.
0: <laughs> but you know what? I mean, they're making more, I guess, so... Uh, you know, you
1: know, like I think my biggest complaints about the Gray Man—not to keep going on it—but uh, complaint number one: every character is the same person, and that person, <laughs> like that, like I'm not kidding. Every single character, even the kid, who's the kid from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Julia. Every character, her name is Julia Butters. She's, um,
0: yeah, she's she's she was great in that movie, you know. And uh, looking forward to other stuff. I just felt bad she was in this one.
1: <laughs> you know you live and you learn yeah. <laughs> but every character is the same character and that character is a mid 20 something college student who has to be the smartest person in the room Ooh. like that like like every character is trying to outwit the other character and every character is the same damn person and and all the like little character traits that they give them don't feel genuine it just feels like it's just there on the page and they're like okay the actors will bring it out like no because they're the same fucking person The only person that has any sort of standout character traits is is Lloyd who is Chris Evans yeah mm-hmm. like that's it right, Everybody else yeah, is yeah. the same goddamn person and it kind of it kind of ruins the magic a little bit and then on top of that, you know, and this is something that's brought up a lot. It's like, this movie feels like an amalgamation of better movies. And so, like, you're watching it, you think of Shane Black. You're watching it, you think of John Wick. You think of Mission Impossible. You think of James Bond. But you don't ever think of the Gray Man. Like, I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking about it. Like, no, I'm actively thinking of, I'd rather watch something else.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's
1: like, when I watched Jurassic World Dominion and the whole time I was like, I kind of want to watch Kong Skull Island because that feels like a better Jurassic Park Movie than this one even is attempting to be, mm-hmm. and then maybe that's really harsh to say, but it's the truth. Well,
0: those are our thoughts on the Gray Man. Um,
1: if you liked it, that's cool. That's cool if if you, not, you know, then then hey, welcome to the club.
0: In any case, um, <laughs> yeah. How how are you doing? <laughs> out, how are you doing outside of the Gray Man?
1: Oh, thank goodness, I'm outside of the Gray Man. Mm-hmm. Though. I will say, um, get that same cast and put him in a different movie. Put him in a better movie Mm. with a different director. Mm. Put him in a Shane Black movie. Like, actually, actively get Shane Black and have that cast. Right. Or... Or... Let's do a Nice Guys 2 with that cast. There you go. So just throw Russell Crowe in there. And then um, you can get uh, the kid... Uh, who was, like, Betty Brant and Spider-Man and the new ones, Mm. Um, have her come back, and then, like, Julia Butters could be, like, her best friend or something, or it could be, like, Russell Crowe's daughter or something.
0: No, but then Russell Crowe, the other only only note I would make, Russell Crowe needs to be carrying the same, like, really bad Greek accent he had in Thor (laughs) Love and Thunder.
1: (laughs) Ryan Gosling, what are you doing? We need to see who you are. We need to find out what is your deal? I haven't seen the movie, so Dude, I'm just paraphrasing no, 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 whatever. Sorry think.
0: to go on the nice guys tangent, but the <laughs> the equanimity um, moment where he reads the definition of e- e- equanimity or whatever <laughs> and, and it's like it's like almost like a Family Guy like side gag. It's just like I'm breaking
1: up with you. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my god! See, we need, the nice guys is an absolute classic. Honestly uh anyway yes go back to you um yes i'm doing i'm doing okay um we're we're we have a bit of a covid scare at the moment at the house um my my family went to a class reunion for my uh, my mom's high school and a couple of people there were uh tested positive for covid and so there's a little bit of a situation um my mother's negative my father tested yesterday, even though he wasn't feeling great. And he tested negative. I haven't heard, I haven't heard about my sister cause she was there too, but, um, hopefully she's negative. Uh, especially because she's, uh, going to Disney, she's going to Epcot in eight days. And that would like, I jelly, I know you're listening to this, like, Three months and uh, three months later, <laughs> we posted, But uh, I hope that you tested. Like, I'll probably hear later, but I hope you test negative. Sure, and sure, sure. Hope sure. you're able to go on that trip. So, um, but uh, I'm just kind of hunkered in the room at the moment for just concerns and whatnot. Um, other than that, uh, you know, just been kind of chilling. I, you know, what I got some movies in the mail, and one of them. I'll mention here in a se- I'll mention here in a second after talking about something else. But um, one of those movies um, was a movie called Schlock. <laughs> that is a, a favorite of a friend of mine. Do you know Do you know who, this friend? Have you met him?
0: You know, they sound like my kind of person. That they like Schlock.
1: <laughs> they love Schlock. I don't know why, but they do. <laughs> and <laughs> it's you. In case you don't know, yeah. it was yeah, you- it was me. You sent me Schlock, <laughs> but. I still have it. Still here. Um, I watched it after, because, like, you know, in 2020, Joey watched this and wouldn't stop talking about it. And he's like, I, one of these days, I just kept thinking, I'm going to get something in the mail and it's going to be from him and it's going to be Schlock. And it finally happened. And I watched it. And yeah, it's something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, your letterbox score was much higher than I was anticipating
1: it was because you know why because it actually made me laugh a lot more than i expected it to and, the, and then like in the first like like maybe 30 minutes maybe first 25 minutes i was actively laughing especially at, like all the news reports whenever the guy would and then like the bit when the, when the schlock is actually like standing there with him and he didn't real like no one realized that the schlock was there yeah. and and those parts were funny but then like the movie just turns into John Landis in a monkey suit, like, bothering people. <laughs> like, I, I was like, is like, is this the whole thing? And then it gets to the end of the movie, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that was the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, sadly, yeah, I, I was a little bit bored after a while. I was like, okay. Yeah. Keep... yeah. <laughs> come, come on, like, like, I get your whole shtick is that you're bothering people. Yeah. <laughs> It it felt like a prolonged jackass mm-hmm. skit. I guess it was that's fair. I guess so. I I can't say that I'm a huge schlock fan, but I I do appreciate the gift.
0: And uh, I appreciate the fact that you decided to keep a Blu-ray because I know you're a 4K purist now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just just wait. I wait until I've upgraded everything, and then I'll eventually be like, okay, I'll just get some Blu-rays now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no I'll keep I'll keep this for sure because it is a gift from my friend and it was very nice of him to do that for me um, even if it was a weird movie, but I wouldn't have expected anything else. If he sent me like some documentary or something, I would have been like,
0: yeah, I just randomly send you for all mankind <laughs> or whatever
1: <laughs> but you know what? That wouldn't have been so bad, I think. <laughs> Wall
0: Mankind's a great movie.
1: Um, but other than that, um, uh, I, I kept up with, cause Comic-Con was this past weekend. And I know, I know you did well as well, but like I kept up with some of the stuff coming out from that, um, some trailer, that John Wick trailer. I, I feel like, oh gosh, I forgot to turn my vibration off. Um. Yeah, that John Wick trailer, I feel like genuinely those movies actively look better and better. Like this one could be like the first like crappy John Wick movie, and I'd still be like, this still is the best looking one. Yeah. <sighs> um but no, that looked really good. Um the, the the trailers for DC movies looked pretty fun. Um the I will say, I know there's like some weirdness around it, obviously, with everything, but um, I I can't I can't say that uh the Wakanda Forever trailer didn't look good because it, it it looked really good though. I remembered when you when you shared like I think you liked or you shared a tweet that was like this person was hesitant about the Black Panther movie just because the the trailer for the first one looked so good, but then when the movie came out it didn't look near as good, and I was like I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, but. I don't know. I mean, there were some exciting things. I can't say I was, like, overjoyed, but I, I will say it felt like the most normal Comic-Con, and I don't necessarily mean that in the nicest way, just because a lot of the times, like, it just feels like a reminder that, especially when you're at home, it just feels like a reminder that all anyone does is get, like, incredibly pessimistic and pissed off about everything. And some things are justifiable, other things are just like really, like, is it that upsetting to you? I don't know. I don't know. So, I don't know. It's like, I used I used to get excited when Comic-Con rolled around. I think now I just, I'm like...
0: It's exhausting, really. Because it feels like a lot of the time we have a lot of the stuff leaked now. Anyway, yeah. like, uh, I know people, uh, not to harp on Wakanda Forever, but like, basically that trailer and everything we got basically confirms everything that we've sort of known so far. Um I will say I'm very excited um about um I don't know how you pronounce his name uh who's playing Namor Tenoch Tino- um Huerta. I'm super excited for for him to have that opportunity. Uh, he
1: looks fantastic oh, too.
0: Dude, I am and, Namor, and Namor's character, I always loved the design of as a kid. Um, and I just think, man, what a way to update that character. It's just amazing. I'm just like, oh, I'm excited about it for that, for basically that. I'll just leave for anything else because there, there's reasons why I'm not excited about that movie, which I won't get into right now. Um, mm-hmm. I will say, like, okay, cool. We're getting Fantastic Four. We got a, our first look, sort of, at Kang. Uh, jonathan majors at really at like as the sort of the cat like sort of it's Uh, it's art but you know i mean
1: in truth just the fact that jonathan majors is involved in some capacity like because i love him so much you know he was great he's great in lovecraft country he was he was great in um the harder they fall Mm -hmm. um the netflix western he did yeah um with uh idris elba um and uh you know he was great in season 1 of Loki. Mm-hmm. He's the be- he's my favorite part. This the last episode.
0: <laughs> he was uh he was incredible and it definitely like especially cuz like Kang is a character I've always really wanted to see um in these things and I'm so glad they got a terrific actor like Jonathan Majors for that role. I'm trying to think of other stuff. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is probably the is the most exciting about any Marvel movie because A Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is my favorite. MCU movie and also just one of my favorite movies. Period. Um, yeah, I also I'm just happy about the cast in that one as well. Uh, with more stuff about Rocket, Rocket's origins. I, I love Rocket Raccoon. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper getting paid and, and uh, Sean Gunn getting paid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting on the that Bradley uh, uh, Cooper podcast. Bradley Alley. <laughs> Radley Alley um, podcast.
0: You know, and, and, the, and some of the DC stuff look looked nifty. I mean Shazam two looks looks nifty. Um I thought the new trailer for Black Adam seemed more coherent than the first one, because the first one just felt like a bunch of stuff. And I'm like Yeah. Ooh.
1: Like it was like
0: Ooh, Hawkman. Ooh, here, big guy. Here's ooh. here's a
1: here's a taste. Ooh, James like, Bond is a... Doctor Fate. Ooh. <laughs> he is that, and he is that. Oh my god! I don't know what the organization is, but he is that. He is oh. that. <laughs> <laughs> like
0: dropping uh, whole ass characters here and there.
1: Like you know, what I thought was really funny yeah. was I saw because um, Dwayne Johnson's doing press for that Super Pets movie he did, yes. and um he was talking about because he came out on the Comic Con floor in Hall H as in his Black Adam outfit and he was talking about the suit and at one point he's like well the suit didn't work initially when we had muscle pads in it so we took the muscle pads out and i'm like he's just bragging <laughs> he's just bragging he's like i know i'm huge and beefy so check me out you know you got to <laughs> give the rock
0: uh, credit for being like a total like showman honestly like yeah honestly cuz yeah. i remember i went to d23 in 2019 with my brother and we went to the live the the Disney movies panel, and he came on stage in a Jungle Cruise boat while he was promoting Jungle Cruise.
1: <laughs> That's so good. I mean,
0: it's uh, you know, you got to give it to him. You know, you might not like all those movies, but he's at least like, I think he's. We've a, talked about him on the we show. We have. I mean, I do, I do enjoy yeah. him as as a presence. But um, anyway, like I'm trying to think. You know, it, it's Comic Con. You know, I'm I'm if if people are doing it safely, I'm happy for them you know
1: i am happy i i to. i do you know i want to give active props to comic-con for implementing a mask mandate because initially they didn't have one and they weren't even going to have uh testing at all but then they're like at the last minute which kind of like also pissed me off because then if they had it before i could have been like oh i would love to go i'm gonna set up a whole thing no it was like literally the day before. Like, by the way, <laughs> yeah.
0: It's one of those. Th- it's one of those things where I really shouldn't be saying much because I go to Disney parks and you know I go to movie theaters and stuff. But like, I feel like a convention would be like the, the like most like most like ground zero ugh, I, I, about anything because you're just inside a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been to you know I've been to a couple. I've been been to a couple cons. I've been to New York Comic Con and th- I think about that. I went in 2018. I think about that all the time. I'm like, this is pre-COVID. And I probably felt like shit afterwards without COVID. Oh yeah, you know?
1: like, like, um, because I've been to I've been to San Diego, I've been to C two E two, I've been to New York, um, and because you're around so many people and like there's an atmosphere of just geek germs <laughs> everywhere. Like, um, um, I remember a friend of mine. Um, would always say that like after Comic Con he always feels like he has a sore throat because yep. of just everything. Mm-hmm. I got I remember getting the flu after being a C two E two, but part of that is also because um, the person I was with was sick the whole time. And then when I called him out on it, he was like, "How could it have been me? How could I have got you sick?" I'm like, "Because you were sick and I was with you ninety percent of the time. That's why." But that's neither here nor there. Right. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like if I hope. Hopefully no one got COVID from going to Comic-Con. And uh, I've seen some people actually testing after, so I think that's smart. So if you went, test. Hopefully you're safe and hopefully you had a good time.
0: Yes. Um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about?
1: Yes, there's one more thing. Okay. So I talked about one movie that my friend got me. Uh, I got another movie as well. Ooh. Um This was actually like... Like, I was actually, like, ha- actually having, like, kind of a miserable day at work, and I was like, you know, I just, like, there's days that I'm just reminded that, like, sometimes work just kind of brings me down a little bit, and I'm like, that's not fun. And so, I came home, and there was a, there was a package on, on the counter, and I was like, I didn't order anything. Well, I don't remember, or, like, because I knew I had some things pre-ordered, but I didn't think I had anything coming in the mail, at least not anytime soon. Not from Amazon, because I didn't think I ordered anything off Amazon, and then I opened it, and it was our first movie for this week. And part of the reason why this episode is about this movie and uh, another movie. So Joey, what movie did you send me before you sent me Schlock?
0: Well, before I sent you Schlock, I sent you something that is definitely not Schlock, for one. Um, I sent you Carl Freund's 1935 horror film, Mad Love.
1: I got Mad Love for you, man. I'm gonna have a wax statue of you in my house. Uh, that's that's pretty weird. <laughs> but would you would you expect anything else? No, exactly. I guess, not. I guess you're right.
0: <laughs> uh, Mad Love. This is a movie I wanted to watch for a long time, but I mean, I, I've seen it before. You obviously. Like, yeah,
1: this is this is a movie you kind of randomly picked up from the Warner. Was it like a sale, or did you just did you just kind of get it out of on a whim?
0: I got it because I had it on I had it on DVD from like a weird like horror collection from Warner Brothers. Like it wasn't quite Warner Archive, but like it's the type of set you would expect from Warner Archive. Um and I wanted I've wanted to see it for a while because I love Peter Laurie. He's one, I know he's one of our favorite actors. Um
1: We love him. About. He's been on the show a couple of times.
0: Couple couple times. I mean Malt- Maltese Falcon, Casablanca, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. You know, he's a great actor. And, uh, this is actually his first American, like major American role, because he did an English role, English speaking role in the man who knew too much by Alfred Hitchcock, but that was a British production. So this was his first Hollywood production. Um, but, and so I wanted to check it out. I'm like, this just seems right up my alley. Mad doctor, mad doctor is a surgeon. There's some creepy shit. Yes. Peter Lorre. Oh yeah.
1: There's there's a lot of creepy shit in this movie. They preface that with like a Frankenstein-style opening thing. Just like, um, we warned you. Yes. There's going to be some shit in this movie. Oof. I'm paraphrasing. But can you imagine if there, some guy was like, man, you're about <laughs> to watch some crazy shit. Let me tell you. Listen. there's some. This is bald guy. And he looks kind of like a penis. And he's going after this. Well, you know what? I'm not going to spoil the movie. I'm just going to let you know there's some shit. In this movie, <laughs> watch out.
0: Yes. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot in this movie. And, like, it's also notable because it came out in 1935, okay? So, like, we're... This is the same year as Bride of Frankenstein. We're a couple years out after, um, you know, after Frankenstein and Dracula um, and The Mummy and some of those other Universal films. And other studios were obviously hopping in on horror movies, right? Oh, yeah. And this is this is MGM, uh, MGM put this one out. MGM was a big, big studio. Um, you know, it was once said about MGM, they have as many many stars in their lot as there are in the sky at night, you know, or something like that, or as there are in the universe, because they were a big studio, which is funny to think about, because now Amazon owns them.
1: Like, it's, it, it like, I think MGM's always had, like, a weird, like, prestigiousness to it, and then just, to, like, to look at how, where they're at now, you're like, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, think
0: about it, too, because a lot of their early catalogs owned by Warner Brothers, that's why we got this Blu-rays from Warner Archive, um, but as I said before, this is directed by Carl Freund, who is somebody we have talked about on this show before, because he directed the original Boris, like the Boris Karloff, The Mummy, and he was a great, um, great cinematographer, he also did the cinematography for Todd Browning's Todd Browning's Dracula, okay, and a couple of German Expressionist films, let me just, because um, there's something, that just, listen, like, you look at this guy's filmography, you know, and it's honestly just kind of um, kind of insane to look at. So as a cinematographer oh my gosh, there's literally so many. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, the list is growing. No. Um so he did Metropolis, okay? Yes, which is a iconic movie we, we gotta talk about at some point. Uh, mm. The Last Laugh, which is one of my favorites, um, great movie, The Golem, okay. And, uh, yeah, those are it's like just a, it's just a small fraction of them. There's so many. You did key, the cinematography for Key Largo, which is like, you know. Montego. Baby, why don't we go?
1: Down to Kokomo.
0: We'll get there fast, and then we'll take it slow.
1: That's where we want to go.
0: Way down to Kokomo. But you anyway. got it. Boom.
1: All right. <laughs> yes. One of my favorite songs.
0: But, anyway, uh, Carl Freund, um, and I think also, too, like, The Mummy... I know it wasn't one of your favorites on our program, but I think, visually speaking, out of some of those early Universal movies, I think it has one of the better, like, visual styles. I agree with that. Um, I think, like, Carl Freund is a really good director and really good cinematographer. So, like, visually, when you're watching this movie, you're like, wow, this isn't, like, some, like... Like dollar store crap. This is like a really nice looking production, you know. And I think about that because like there's so many. You have like Doctor Gogol's, like lab, and you have like the theater, like the like the really creepy theater. The
1: the theater de the horrors. The, the, sorry, the, th- I'm the theater. Somebody there. <laughs> I mean, you don't like French people.
0: <laughs> it was just the one French guy in the Matrix. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and I liked him once he became Robin Williams and Jumanji.
1: But when he was like an aristocrat, you're like, I hate this Frenchman. He let <laughs> him eat cake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no, he does not. He does not hate the French. But that there's just one french guy listen just one listen
0: i celebrate bastille day every day but mostly that's because my girlfriend's birthday is on bastille day that's besides (laughs) the point um let's get to the plot of this thing (laughs) so
1: peter Laurie.
0: peter Laurie is dr Gogol. okay that's already like a villain name right you know he does a lot of like public service like you know he helps like he does like life-saving surgeries for people and such, so he he is there's some people like, Oh what a great soul.
1: What a he's nice boy. he's so kind to us. He saved my sister.
0: I don't but know. But he's but he's also a sick freak. Because we also find out too, he gets the same box at this horror like show all the time just to see just to see um just to see the lady that's there. Our our star attraction, um, you know, Yvonne Yvonne, Yvonne, Yvonne played by Francis Drake, who is, you know, not to she is she is beautiful. So you're like, okay, this makes this makes sense for this dude to be upset. Obs- like, not that he should be uh, this obsessed, but you're like, okay, makes sense. But like, the
1: story. he gets a weird kick out of the torture scene.
0: Yes, he does.
1: Like, like th- just seeing him like like kind of peeking out of the curtains in his box when she's getting tortured on stage for the yeah. for the for the
0: play or whatever. Ugh. Oh, you <laughs> know So like, one of the creepiest like when, when he finds out that that she has. When he finds out she has a husband. Oh, God.
1: He's like, your husband?
0: (laughs) He's, like, so destroyed. Uh, Uh,
1: His world is ruined.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, and then, like, I think one of the creepiest ones, like, one of the worst ones, too, is when, like, they're having a celebration for her last show at this theater, and, like, he has a piece, like, they're like, oh, you're such a generous patron. You should have a cake and kiss her, and he really takes advantage <laughs>
1: of it. Uh, Doctor Google, you've come for a cake and a kiss. You cannot, you can't not, not have
0: a cake and a kiss. Come get your cake and a kiss. Like it's like I hate Gogol, and then I hate all those people who just encourage that.
1: And then like afterwards, when he does it, they're all like, "Oh, that's the one I want. <laughs> I want oh. that kiss." Oh, and she's clearly oh. like not comfortable about it. She's like, <laughs> no, that did not just happen. Oh and then, God. and then everyone's like, yeah, give me some of that lips. Good grief. I'm paraphrasing, um, but that's the energy they were putting. But out.
0: anyway, like she's very, like the thing is like, Yvonne is very much in love with her husband. Okay. Who oddly enough is another mad scientist. Colin Clive, baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> my hands.
0: now i'm just thinking about um get back get back get back (laughs) what is it (laughs) oh my god
1: put that man down
0: (laughs) oh but basically
1: you get the blood i'll get the one of the type
0: (laughs) He's a mm. um he's a genius like composer like piano player he plays concerts he, enough he that is that a very like, good on ra- pianist on the radio too you know mm-hmm. um so anyway this dude like he's involved in a horrible horrible train accident and he lives he lives but his hands are no good they're crushed <sighs>
1: um yeah. very doctor strange like very Doctor Strange life, so it should also to be, be noted... in like a modern context.
0: It should also be noted this is like an adaptation of the hands of Orlok, and that's the cha- the cha- Colin Clive's he- character is Or is Orlok. Um, is
1: his hands are the title character?
0: Yes, um, and yeah. actually Conrad Veidt did a silent version of this back, you know, back in the twenties. So that should nice. also be noted. Um, but anyway, so Colin Clive's hands are destroyed beyond repair, and uh, Yvonne not knowing what else to do, turns to Dr. Gogol, her friend.
1: Uh, and, you got, and you know she's like, fuck. So, why? Why? Yes. Of all people, <laughs> why, do, why don't you have to be the one that's really good at this shit? And, and so she turns to him, and initially he's like saying the same thing to the other doctors, like, you know, I'm sorry, we're going to have to cut his hands off. And she's like, okay, I thought you could do something. And he's like, I'm sorry. But then he remembers something. There was another passenger on that train. Yes. And that passenger was um, a very Al Capone-ish looking dude named Rolo. And Rolo um, is a murderer, and he's really good at throwing knives. And um, he lives the, the crash, like almost entirely intact, Because he was being taken on the train to face the guillotine. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he gets his head chopped off. Yep. And so so all that's left, you know, is his body. And Dr. Gogol is like, Wait, I have an idea. (laughs) Oh, bring her back. Bring her back. I've got an idea. (laughs) So... He takes the knife-throwing hands of Rolo... Yes. ...and puts them onto Colin Clive's body. <laughs>
0: yes, but... but like their hands not, are I, fixed! I, I think other than the people in his operating room, you know, nobody nobody really knows, because they just assume that it's, that it's his hands.
1: Like, even when he's like, these don't even look like my arms! It's like, it's because of the the uh the blood it's not just shut up it's your hands i promise <laughs> <laughs>
0: no but yeah so that and like so he's he's got these he's got these murder hands
1: uh. <laughs> i love that he's got murder hands
0: he's got murder hands he's been throwing knives lately <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's like I, I can't play the piano anymore but i'm really good at throwing knives darling what's wrong with me It's
0: just so funny, because, like, the the guy comes to, like, repossess the piano. I I forget the actor's name, but he was, like, basically the alcoholic dad in Son of Kong. And, like, (laughs) he throws a knife at him. He throws a knife at his, like, uh, his dad. His stepdad. His stepdad. Thank you. I I wanted I wanted you to say. the
1: stepdad who's, like, three years older than him. No wonder he hates his stepdad.
0: In in IRL, it's, like, three or four year age difference between those two actors. (laughs) Um... Yeah, it's like a knife thrower, you know. But and it's like
1: it's it's like out of impulse that he does it too. He's like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, it's not like he he fully realized that he was just really good. It's just like he gets really angry and his hands happen to pick up something sharp and throw it.
0: Yes, he's just man. That's that's wild. But what, what's even what's even funnier is it, just like Peter Laurie doesn't realize like how long it takes him to like take it like really take advantage of it because there's there's a certain point. And this is where like one of his most like the iconic look of the movie. Peter Laurie's just flat out iconic in this movie, anyway. Yes, but a lot of German Expressionism and just his costume is great. But he like he has he he disguises himself as Rolo, okay, and says that he is Rolo, <laughs> come to life or what or some shit, right? Because hey. like
1: sorry, because no. like um he uh <laughs> he's he's still obsessed with uh, Yvonne or like that's her character name isn't it like what's the is is it yvonne like like uh like what's the actual character's name because i thought that was like the character she played was
0: yvonne yvonne orlok that's her name okay
1: Mm i just wanted to make sure Yep. so uh he's still obsessed with her and he's trying to figure out a way to like go get with her because you know he's freak and he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna drive him completely crazy And he kills his stepdad, (laughs) and then um, he pretends that he's Rolo in this really funky, amazing-looking outfit, and he's like, You did it. You killed your father. (laughs) I threw a knife at him, but I didn't think, Oh, what's wrong with me? That's such a Colin
0: Clive like delivery. <laughs> no, but but like it's so crazy because like he's got these goggles on and he's got like this thing around his neck that like it looks so uncomfortable because obviously Rolo was was guillotined so like he's got to have something. He's got kind of something like attaching his head and his hands. It's like a science fiction. It's so oddly ahead of its time in that way. It's,
1: it's ridiculous how how good that looks. I mean, and uh,
0: listen, like I think it's a great movie, but that movie that like really set it over the top for me. Like, oh my god, I love this movie.
1: And then like just the lighting and like the like the like the, like the kind of slight like Dutch angle thing going. Yeah, and he's yeah, like, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so many weird, creepy things. Like he has the the wax figure. Of Yvonne mm-hmm. in his room, and he's obsessed with the myth of, of like Galatea, and he's like Py- Pygmalion, where it's like in his arms sh- she'll come to life, basically. And it- it's like when that happens, and she's like stuck in that room, but then it's revealed that she's there. It's just so like, oh, it's so unnerving,
1: <sighs> like because like when the the moment she goes into that room to like, um, I forget what she was doing. She was either confronting. Gogol, or she was, like, hiding. One of the two. Mm -hmm. So, like, and she finally sees the wax statue, and she's like, oh my god. And, like, the creepy part of it is how often the statue is just her standing there. Yeah, To, like, further emphasize that. Yeah. And you just know at some point she's gonna have to, like, pretend Mm -hmm. to to be the statue. And so she's literally standing there, and then, like, Gogol comes home in his, like, weird outfit and, like, fully admits everything that he was doing to it. Yes. And then it then he then, you know, she like comes to life essentially. Mm. And he's like, Oh my god! <laughs> You're real. Love me. Love me Oh my god. And she's like, No Let go of me. Go, go, let go of me. She's like, please love me. I will love you, yes, but just let me go. No you'll run away you don't love me you don't and then he starts like whispering to himself like you'll kill the thing you love the most <sighs> jesus and then he tries to strangle her with her own hair but then then colin clive realizing he has a skill that could come to good use <laughs> throws a knife at Gogol's back
0: because the cops are useless in this movie, as they are in a number of movies, but they are yeah. especially useless here. <laughs> like the, the one of them doesn't even look like a cop; he looks like he's about to have like an afternoon brunch. Like <laughs> he just he just got done eating like a crawler, dude. You have like the handsome version of the Phantom of the Opera up in here. Like, it's like stop. Because <laughs> uh, like this dude flat out like he has a creepy disguise. He's obsessed with a lady. He's got like a, a version of that lady in his room. It's it's.
1: It's the most harrowing example of friend zoning. <laughs>
0: it is. It absolutely is. Um, Though, listen. Yeah, listen. Oh. Friend
1: zoning is not real. <laughs> if you, just letting you know, if you got turned down by someone, that's just it. I'm sorry. Richard spit the cold, hard truth. I'm just throwing it down on the table and if you don't accept it, that's your problem.
0: See, I thought you were about to get into like one of our favorite characters in, in the movie. Oh no, I just
1: had to I just had to reiterate that.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. So um okay, like uh May ba Mae Beatty is in this movie and this woman Oh uh, uh yes. She is uh, uh, she is uh Gogol's drunken housekeeper
1: <laughs> who is
0: always seen with the cock with the cockatoo on her shoulder. <laughs>
1: You know, she's got a lot of guys. A lot of a lot guys. Of guys. <laughs> a cock. A two. I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> See, it's funny because the face, <laughs> the, the, the face is what I always live for. <laughs> anyway,
0: anyway,
1: he's got a lot. She's got a lot of guys. But
0: this lady is a lot of fun. She's easily bribed. Like, there's a newspaper guy in this movie who is just like so stereotypically 1930s. And
1: oh my uh, god, he sounds like a radio guy, <laughs> like a radio you know, presenter. But I
0: was telling you this, though, Richard. There was a number of these movies, like in the early 30s, that had like that had like felt like half horror elements, and then the other half was like a like front the front page or some shit. And it's like, oh, we got to have this investigative journalist thing. And it never usually works for me. This is one of the ones where it works the closest. Because it focuses on the fucked up stuff <laughs> of the movie. And this guy was like a smaller part. And But I could have sworn that dude was in those other movies I was mentioning. But he's a different actor. And I'm like, are they, do they just have these in a cloning facility? just give them a different name every time? Like,
1: what? They, they just, like, I feel like there was like a, like a, like, you know those, um... Uh, those like flyers at like colleges with phone numbers yes. It's just mgm putting up those flyers like looking for a stereotypical middle-aged white man who can talk <laughs> like he's on the radio <laughs> yes <laughs> like oh see this looks like something i could do just tear this tag off right here of course okay there's a phone number on here i will call it and hopefully it'll get me a job see yes yes it'll give me a job hello Hello. Yes, I'm here for the job. Is the job open? Yes, it is. Great, Peter and Laurie. I'll do this. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Yeah. That's <laughs> yes. Um,
0: I just want to uh, a few more like notable things. Um, I loved Colin Clive's Flippers after he got surgery. <laughs>
1: it's like the moment you see them like you, you die laughing but because I, like... I was I,
0: I was thinking about like the scene where he's reunited with elizabeth in frankenstein and it's like a nice romantic looking scene and there's it's very similar here <laughs> but he's got flippers <laughs> and i don't want to make fun of somebody who had hand surgery but it just looks it just it's just an awkward scene you know <laughs>
1: they're just they're excessively huge yes like bat like like cast over his hands
0: very huge very huge it's like i i feel like google did that intentionally
1: like he was like i need to make him look s- silly before he realizes he's got murder hands yes um i also
0: have to mention billy gilbert uh who is the who's been on our show before but before i get to that he is the guy who was trying to f- get an autograph from Rolo on the train
1: oh, oh yeah yeah that's right i like you were telling me that he was in a couple of things and i was like wait a minute
0: Okay, so here's the thing. He was Herring in The Great Dictator with Chaplin. He pl- plays a big buffoon in that one. He is uh, he was very famous for sneezing, and that's why he was cast as Sneezy in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Which I had no clue. Which I had no clue. And also, he would work with Disney again. I didn't know this. Um, he was the giant in uh, the Mickey and the Beanstalk segment of Fun and Fancy Free.
1: Oh, Oh, that's really cool.
0: And that was something I watched a lot as a kid, uh, was that was um, fun and fancy free. So
1: so the weird freak that wanted the murders, uh autograph is a big part of your childhood.
0: He's, he's, he's a big giant, um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a, 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 or he sneezes a lot, you know, whatever. Or he's incompetent and Chaplin just belittles him throughout the whole
1: movie. Or he's just really obsessed with getting an autograph from a murderer.
0: Yes, that too. That that's, too. listen,
1: that's, that's range if you ask me.
0: If, I mean, listen, I, you know what? He's, he's, he's been in a number of our things, which is kind of funny to think about. I always love actors like that, that just kind of pop up in things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think, oh, so I also wanted to mention too, like, th- this is an in joke with Richard and I and some other people. <laughs> there's a video, there's a clip of this movie that I send all the time from like towards the beginning of the movie where Peter Laurie goes, I must see you Again. I must. But it's
1: like... <laughs> <laughs> he leads in and it's like really close on his face with his eyes just kind of like the way that they are. Yes. But I must see you again. I must.
0: And you were pointing this out too. This feels like the quintessential Peter Lorre performance in many ways.
1: Like I watch this because like, uh, I've watched the other movies with you that we did on the show. And, you know, I don't... When I watch those, I'm like, I'm glad Peter Lorre's there, but I don't see... The Peter Laurie that I'm familiar with, which is like the Looney Tunes parody, <laughs> like the mad scientist guy that like is literally just a parody of Peter Laurie. Right, right, um, right. But when I watch this, I'm like, this is this is the Peter Laurie I'm familiar with. Yeah. You know, like even even in like M I I I don't see it as much. Like I think in M, he plays he plays someone pretty like like eccentric. You know, obviously, but. I feel like this is the first time I've really seen like what everyone is 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 saying. whenever like, they talk about, Peter Lorre? You
0: feel like you've seen Peter Lorre as the icon in this movie. Like the yes. other movies, he obviously he's obviously Peter Lorre, but yeah. but it's not like you know
1: horror it's not movie mad that scientist Peter Lorre.
0: Yeah, like Doctor Gogol feels like a like a definitive Peter Lorre performance in many ways. You know, like he's done great great movies: Casablanca, Maltese Falcon. You know, we talked about a number of those movies, but. This one feels like he's really at home in the, in this kind of thing.
1: This is his bread and butter.
0: This is bread and butter. Um, I also wanted to bring this up too because I thought this was interesting. Uh, Pauline Kale, a uh, late Pauline Kale who was like a, a film writer, film critic. Um, sort like when she wrote about Citizen Kane, Raising Kane, she had claimed that that um, Orson Welles had taken a number of things from Mad Love and applied it to Citizen Kane. Uh, I can see one that. Of the, this, one of the things is they both have a cockatoo. Which I never made that connection with both of them. It's just kind of. There are
1: a lot of guys in Citizen Kane.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Joey. She says Gogol's house and Kane's Xanadu are similar and that they're both bald at some point. Um, But Peter Bogdanovich. Uh, rebuttal had a rebuttal to this and what's even funnier is that they both hated mad love (laughs) which maybe peter bogdanovich rest in peace he passed away not that long ago but man mad love is so good i
1: don't you know what i am i'm happy that i finally watched it and 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 if i didn't love it we wouldn't be talking about it right now
0: you know and it's it's i think i've said this to you one of my favorite subgenres in all of cinema is short ass horror movies from the 30s (laughs) nothing wrong with that no, because like I think about like you know I, I, we we talk when we talk about long movies. I love some long movies, but it's just yeah. nice when I watch something that's literally like sixty one to like seventy minutes long, and I could just watch it, and I'm like, yeah. I I got everything that I wanted in this thing, and I didn't have to wait too long for it either. And it was well-made. Like The thing is, this is a well-made movie. It looks gorgeous. The other thing is, too, Greg Toland is one of the credited cinematographers on this. He would go on to do the cinematography for Citizen Kane. Um, Gorgeous movie, I think you would agree, both in terms of cinematography and production design. I think the performances are real good. We haven't talked about... Everyone's great. Francis Drake is really great in this you, she's you very a, good. She's really a strong character, a strong presence, you know. Because everybody I did not about,
1: want her to get googled. No,
0: no, but I thought she was really quite good um in this. Obviously, Colin Clive, we talked about him before, we love Colin Clive on this program, even with his flippers. Uh, you know and
1: it's so good.
0: And of course it starts, it ends, it continues with Peter Laurie as Dr. Gogol. Like and it just leaves us at the end of the movie going saying, But I
1: must see this movie again. I must. must. (laughs) (laughs) We've had jokes in this segment.
0: (laughs) We've had we've had jokes. Are there other concluding thoughts on Mad Love before we take an intermission?
1: Hey Joey, Mm. what do you call a movie with an all male cast? I don't know. A movie with a cockatoo. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
0: Let's hope. Let's hope. Those hands remain (laughs) idle. Stay tuned.
1: Welcome back to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. In our last segment, we talked significantly about a cock or two. <laughs> Mad love, I guess that's the other <laughs> synonym for that. I'm sorry. That's the last time. That's the last time. The end. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I have <laughs> to tell you a story. I have to, the face so is great. Before we do this, I have to
0: tell a story. So okay, tell me. So a story. obviously, obviously, after sending uh, "Mad Love," okay, Richard felt Richard. I'm just gonna say who it is. Okay, that's me. That's you. Richard felt inspired because it made him think of another movie. Okay, yeah. and he sent me a film. <laughs> I did, which which uh, you know he sent me a very interesting movie that. um I have seen gifs of, but I had never heard or seen this movie. <laughs> and yep, uh, I like to think my life has improved now that I've seen this movie. Not that I'm that's Not good that I'm like, know. oh my god, it's like my favorite movie. But this was a lot of fun to watch. I had I had a good time uh, watching this one uh, with you, and um, that movie. <laughs> that mo- especially <laughs> now with all the jokes that you made about this, that movie. <laughs> Is Idle
1: Hands. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. So, remember when I was talking about in our two-year episode that I wanted to talk about movies that I kind of grew up with? This this was this was one of those. This
0: <laughs> Yeah, this feels like a movie you would have watched. Now, But now I'm just imagining, when you say grew up, I'm watching you like Rugrats age watching this movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, in truth. Okay, so this is the first time I ever watched this movie. I'll tell you this story so this movie came out in 99 so it's like at the end of the 90s even though i think the movie still feels very 90s um and uh you know when you are how do i start this story in the early days of my life (laughs) it feels like it's like i i got a pipe and like a suede like that like in the early days of my life (laughs) Thank you, thank you for the the. Joey's got a fake pipe, by the way. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> I I hope the sound effect of you putting it in your teeth is in there. Hopefully, it's in there. There man. we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, so, okay. So back in the day, um, when we first is is well, it was a little bit after we first moved into the this house and. Um, We had, uh, like, a lot of the late-night premium channels, like the HBO and Cinemax and Showtime, we had all those. And oddly enough, outside of, like, the, you know, obvious stuff that they played late-night on those channels, um, I also liked to watch other things (laughs) from those channels. And that was where I fell in love with a lot of horror movies. You know, like, the first time I watched Scream uh, which was the third scream was the first scream I ever watched that was on HBO at like, I think nine or 10 or something. Um, and uh, a couple other horror movies. And I remember, um, turning on, uh, this movie and it was right at the scene, <laughs> oddly enough, it was right at the scene when, um, the, the, that couples like, like get ready to like do it in the car yeah and the hand is coming oh my gosh and i i remember seeing that and at first i was like oh people are doing things i don't know if i'm allowed to watch this and then i see the hand and i'm like oh no what's happening <laughs> <laughs> and then like it's like it's both like it's like horror like like really like like lowbrow cheesy horror sometimes works really well when it like kind of plays with that cuz they know there's some people watching the R-rated movie especially young kids who are like sneaking to watch it and there's like a scene of like a naked girl or something and then they do something really like horrific yeah <laughs> to like really shock you yes like i think of um an example would be like Final Destination 3. There's a scene where these uh like the two like kind of ditzy popular girls are are going into a tanning bed and so obviously they derobe and they're laying in the tanning bed, but um uh they get locked in mm. and they get cooked in the tanning bed. <laughs> and you are like, "Shit."
0: <laughs> That's why I never did one of those things. I just that 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 idea <laughs> that that can happen. Yeah. You know, and I was thinking I was freaked out by the little tiny goggles that you would wear in a tanning bed.
1: Yeah, no. I don't get it. I personally don't if that's what you're thinking you could do it safely, great, but I just never like, understood. Sorry, it.
0: I'll just go outside and get sun or get or get in like my, my vitamin D intake like, you know, from a pill. You know.
1: Yeah, I don't need like ultraviolet rays it's, like shining on me.
0: It's also not part of my brand to be like overly tan. Honestly. No,
1: me neither. Mm. But um but yeah, so like I remember that scene and then I was like, I want to watch the rest of this movie. <laughs> so I watched like the entire ending and I was like, this movie's crazy. And the funny thing was like I remember seeing the VHS copy for it all the time because back in the day in my local grocery store, there was like a little small section that was like a video rental store and I would rent a bunch of movies there. And I remember seeing the VHS copy for it, it was like the that cover with like it's like the hand is tearing away, like, a yellow poster, yeah. and it's the cast and everything. Mm. And so I always wanted to watch it, and I finally did. And I didn't really know what was going on, because I was too young to understand a lot of the humor, but I was definitely having a good time. I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh. So, and then I watched it again, like, when I got older, and I was like, this movie's zany as hell. Yeah. And... Now we're here and I'm, we're finally talking about. It's it. kind of crazy. I've I've revealed a lot about myself as a young as a young man, but I feel like my experience isn't that dissimilar from most others. You know, I, I, I,
0: I hope we get messages from people who say like Richard really empowered me. Um, <laughs> like it felt I felt seen for once, and you know,
1: in that instance, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> um,
0: but. No, I you know what this this feels like a gateway drug for you. <laughs> like it, like I look <laughs> at this and I'm like it makes so much sense why young Richard would like this movie. Uh like uh, the supporting characters, particularly the two friends are so funny in this movie.
1: Oh my god. Um okay, so here's the plot essentially of this movie. So Our main character is Anton Tobias, who is played by 90s icon Devin Sawa, who you might know, uh, he was in Little Giants. He's like the kind of handsome guy who's really good at playing football. Um, he was also the human version of Casper in the Casper movie. Mm -hmm. Um, he's been in a whole bunch of things, and, uh... I think, as far as horror is concerned, I think a lot of fans will recognize him from speaking of Final Destination. He is in—he is the main character in the first Final Destination. Oh wow! And um, he's also recently he—he's been in the new Chucky show, which uh, I was very excited about. Um, but yeah, Devin Sawa, and he plays Anton Tobias, and he is Joey. You know what? I'm gonna have Joey explain who Anton is because I know because I'm just so—I just want him to explain it, Joey. Please. You
0: know how, okay, you know how like your parents or your grandparents, or your crazy uncle complain about this generation doesn't do shit? Yeah. They're thinking about this character. <laughs> this, this fucking guy. Like, you, you know what? He, he ends up like redeeming himself kind of. But like, I was watching this and I'm like, what? I, I hate him. I really just hate him. <laughs> And, you know, I'm like, oh my, like, I I didn't know how I was going to feel about this movie just because the, like, I thought everything, everybody else. I'm like, wow, this is like really charming or just kind of funny. I'm like, what I think about like, like Seth, Seth Green and uh, Eldon Henson are like the two friends. And they're also, sto- they play, they're also like loser the, stoner types. I don't want to say, stoner. Yeah. you know, it just like, but like that stereotype, you know, you see in like a movie, you know, especially,
1: especially in the nineties, aesthetic, spe- of especially
0: that. in the nineties. And I'm like, okay, they, these guys know that they're just stoners, but they're, at le- they're at least like, dude, at least like show a little effort, man. Like do you go to <laughs> school, you can go to school.
1: He hasn't gone to school in six he hasn't months, been to school in <laughs>
0: six months. Oh my God. Like it it is so wild. Like this dude, how, how unaware of his surroundings he is because, because of his actions, you know, it's like his parents get, (laughs) like, like, but, but it's amazing. But it's, I I think the funniest thing, I think, I think I hope I'm not hallucinating this, but like his his hand gets possessed basically. Yeah. His hand gets possessed. And his acting with the hand is, like, stellar, honestly. Like, all the props yeah. to him. He's fantastic as in that regard. I thought he's fine in the movie, too, but, like, I was particularly impressed by that. But, like, I'm, like, and I think they explained it, like, it's, like, the laziest person that the hand can find is who it's going to possess. <laughs> and I'm, like, yeah, I believe it. I certainly believe it.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. So, like, yeah, it's, like, Anton's the laziest piece of shit ever to the point where, like, like the first time we see him, he's walking downstairs. He's probably wearing the same outfit he's worn the past six months. He's avoided school. <laughs> <laughs> and the first thing he does is he like tries to get like a snack and then there's no milk. And he just goes, Mom, we're out of milk Nothing. Oh my Mom, we're out of dog food. Nothing. <laughs> and yeah. and instead of just like making any like nonsense of it like or anything, he just goes and sits on the couch. Gets his back scratcher that he uses to get the remote, and then scratches his his, his cockatoo. <laughs> Sorry, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. add one more, mm-hmm. <laughs> add one more in the tank. Yeah, yeah. Uh <laughs> And uh, I-, I love the bit when he's on the phone because he's out of weed. Yeah, <laughs> he just call he calls up. Uh, it- the friends' names are Mick and Penub. By the way, like I love the names of these characters: Mick, Penub, and Anton. Great. Beautiful. Like
0: some of them seem like they're from like like a 30s gangster movie. One of them feels like from like a music, like a a, a 17th century musician biopic, like composer <laughs> biopic, and then somebody's named Penub,
1: <laughs> just Penub. It's P N U B. Penub, I love oh,
0: it. But are you about to get to like one of my favorite lines?
1: Uh, I don't know. Maybe?
0: Were they called? But no, we fucking think this is Domino's? <laughs> oh yeah,
1: yes, yes, yes. So, so he called. He calls up Panub and he's like, "Hey man, sup? I'm dry. So, <laughs> well, why don't you bring me over a dimer? <laughs> this is Domino's, you lazy bitch. Yes. Yeah, or get it. There we go. I love and it. He's like, "Come on, man. I'm comfortable. <laughs> Hello." <laughs> It's like, even his friends are like, Jesus Christ.
0: But, but like, he's possessed, his hand is possessed, like, possessed, right? And he, he, yes. he killed, apparently killed his parents, you know?
1: Yes, the hat. he, he killed his parents, he kills
0: his best friends, he kills Mick and Penumb. And then this becomes like, American Werewolf in London, and the, <laughs> the friends, the friends are undead, but there's no like, you know, cause there's no like, serious like, stakes or consequences. The friends aren't like, pressuring him to like, you know, break the curse or anything.
1: <laughs> they're just like we didn't want to go to heaven so we just came back in our dead bodies like i love i love the i love it when seth greed's like um we just figured fuck it yeah it was really far <laughs> 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 oh my god and so that's that so anton's like the whole movie is dealing with the fact that his hand is now possessed by something and he's like trying to prevent it from killing anybody though his friend, or his friend, uh, his hand also works as a good wingman because there's his love interest in the movie, played by the great Jessica Alba, mm-hmm. and um, I think one of the first movies I've ever seen her in. Yeah. At least I feel like it has to be. Actually, no. Fun fact: There's another movie that I saw her in a long time ago. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Punks.
0: It sounds familiar. Do you know what I'm yes. talking about? Okay. Yeah. 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 It's
1: like it's an it's an acronym. In the movie, like it's like P U N. It might have been a Disney movie, okay. like a Disney Channel movie. I don't remember, but it's basically like it's kind of like a Spy kid sort of thing, where it's like these these teener these teenagers or whatever that like their dad is like a scientist and like the the boss at the at the lab or something wants an invention, I think. And then the kids uh, are trying to like save the dad or something. I don't remember. It's a, it's the same year as Idle Hands. Fun fact is. Is it 1999? Oh my god. Well, that was the first t- that was the first movie I ever saw her mm. in cuz she was in that one. But it might have cuz cause it cause I, she looked significantly younger in that than she does in Idle Hands. Right, right. So so they might have filmed it like some time in advance and then released it in the ni- in 1999, but I remember that was the, probably the first movie I ever saw her in oddly enough. And I didn't realize cuz it's obviously you don't know who she is at the time. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Whereas, like, these days, obviously, I think everybody knows who Jessica Alba is. Yeah. Yes, for sure. And she has a YouTube channel. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Uh, but, yeah, she's the love interest. She plays Molly. And she's kind of like a... She's, like, obviously, like, quintessential, like, beautiful, angel, like, most attractive girl ever. But also, like, she's kind of got an edge to her. She's, like, she's into music. She writes lyrics in a lyrics book um and she's also uh, from what we learned kind of uh really kinky (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah and so um and she and and the thing is like anton's kind of obsessed with her and she's like the neighbor but also like he like will like read her lyrics book in in class whenever he did go to school Mm -hmm. and he'd be like obsessed with her lyrics like he actually likes her for her yes it seems like which is nice it is
0: nice actually yeah
1: And so, uh, we have this scene, like, after he's killed his friends and he, he throws his cat out the window (laughs) and he goes to get the cat while his hand is still like freaking out. And, um, Jessica Alba comes out in her pajamas. (sighs) Yeah. (sighs) Um, and, uh, the hand works as a wingman for him and and there's some there's some, like that's the most unbelievable scene in the whole movie but you're like you know what she's into it she's like okay you know what he's cute he might have a lot of blood on him but like whatever <laughs> whatever like oddly enough it's like his hand the, this whole experience with his possessed hand like allows him to like live out things that he's wanted to do like be with this girl and um the whole bit at the end of the movie but it's just kind of funny but so we have the love interest, and we have his two friends and it's and he's basically just trying to figure out what is going on, mm-hmm. and he's trying to figure out what to do with this hand situation, and he turns to another one of his neighbors who's definitely the most problematic character in this whole movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is Randy. <laughs> oh Randy) <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So Randy is this like dude who looks like he's literally straight out of the 90s. Yeah, I feel like he just he didn't exist before or
0: after. He just like spawned in the 90s and there you have it. <laughs> he just poofed. Like and this came out there in he is. 99 so it's like his last hurrah kind of thing, you know. <laughs>
1: like before the 2000s like shit. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm, I'm gonna disappear here pretty I'm gonna soon. us go out in a bang. It's like Hell just yeah. cares, about
0: his tru- so,
1: cares about his truck. Cares about his truck, his Ford. Yes. And um, he spends most of the time like exploiting women <laughs> and like trying to get with them. And listening to uh, heavy metal music. And because of his interest in heavy metal music, they assume that he has an idea of what is possibly going on with him, which it's like he just listens to music. Like that's kind of it, but there's also where the the title uh, I, the idle hands comes in
0: also, because they that the, the line like idle hands are like something the devil or something, like the devil's playground or something. Yeah, and it, it's like and I love that like
1: the stoner friends are just like that's like metaphorical, <laughs> 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 and like he's just sitting there like they're listening to Rob Zombie and watching music a music video of his and he's just knitting. He's just knitting, uh, but it, with these like elaborate
0: like knitting needles but then uh, I love like literally like a- anton has to like chop off his hand oh and, I love that like, they do the bagel slicer <laughs> there's a guillotine another guillotine the the bagel guillotine another 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 connection and the, the, the decapitation in this movie and mad love as well there's a lot of connecting things and the hands of a murderer the hands of a murderer. In this case, just a hand. Uh, but like, like you think, oh, if we just, you know, get separate the hand, all of our problems are done. Nope,
1: nope, <laughs> nope. Um, so he eventually chops the hand off. And um, you know what? I want to give credit to the friends. I, I, I mean, we've we've given them a lot of credit because like they're they're also like very aware of who they are, but they're also aware that Anton is not aware. <sighs> of his laziness yes but also there's just great friends yeah like they might they might not have the best advice sometimes and they might be like distracted and more focused on smoking weed than anything else but like there's there's a scene like after he cuts his hand off like mick uh seth green's character immediately is like we need to get antiseptic we need to stop the blood flow we need to bandage this bad boy up. And then there's a scene where like, cause like Penub at this point, he just has a severed head that he carries around with him. Yeah. Um, He's like, you know what? I'm going to help him. So he sticks like a giant, one of those like fork things or whatever Yeah. into the, the top of the head and then puts the other. And I'm like, that's a buddy.
0: <sighs> yeah. That's a buddy.
1: No, like, like
0: they're trying, they're trying, like they're not perfect, but like, it was like, like Anton at the beginning of this movie where he just doesn't like, there's, he's so selfish. At the, start, at the start, and you can't you can't say that entirely of the uh, of the two friends, you know, of no, Mick and Peno. No, no, no. Um, we also got to talk about um, we have to talk about uh, Debbie in this movie. Debbie,
1: I forget who that that's. Is.
0: <laughs> that that this is the lady. Listen, Vivica A. Fox. Or whatever, um...
1: Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah! I, I completely, like, I blanked so hard on that no, one. No, it's okay. It's okay. But this lady... I'm sorry, Vivica A. Fox. this
0: lady, she's, like, she's the one that's investigating this hand. Like, she is, like, trying to track this thing down and end it.
1: This is, uh, her name is Debbie LeCure. Like,
0: she's, she's literally, like, the Van Helsing of a movie.
1: Yeah. I lo- I love the one the one cops like here here uh here's the cell uh sister liquor. <laughs> That's liqueur. <laughs> oh my god, and then the cops in
0: this movie are such dorks.
1: <laughs> they literally get like the two dorkiest cops and I love that like the scene when we first meet them is just Anton like going grocery shopping and then taking the cart all the way home. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And then the, the cops just stop him. He's like, hey, I know you guys. You guys were a senior when I was a freshman. And, and the cops are like, yeah, let's talk about high school. So um, how come you didn't invite us to get high behind the gym? And he's like, you were dorks. Which is such a weird <laughs> thing to think about. <laughs> it's Because uh, like, when you think of movie cops, you don't necessarily think of like the nerds. No. Not necessarily. Like, I think the closest I can come... To thinking of that is... In, like, Clockwork Orange, when, like... At the end of the movie, when, like... The two kind of, like... Side gang members end up being police officers. Right. And I'm, like... That's, like, the only time I'm, like, thinking of some obscure, like, thing. Whereas most cops are just kind of, like... You know, like, they're... That's a very set... Kind of set stereotype in movies. Like, it's usually, like, a big guy. Like, a big, fat, white guy. Yes. You know, or, like, a... And then, like like... Like, the, the cool sort of like i think of like like Beverly Hills Cop like you have like Eddie Murphy who's like the cool cop and then all the other cops are like white or fat or mustached
0: right i mean it's like it's like a weird thing cuz it's like the, these guys are straight up nerds you usually think of like some hard ass or like some lazy cop like you see on the simpsons or whatever you know um but they they're they're comedic uh and they're goofy in this movie but i think one of the things that really stuck out to me in this movie is just it's just having a lot of fun I feel like with this, like, with this premise, like, one of my favorite images is the hand is, like, sticking its fingers in the pencil sharpener and sharp, sharpening it to make it, like, more of a murder <laughs> weapon than it already is.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I love, that, that is a good point, because I do love that. Like, this movie, because we were talking about it re- just, like, a couple minutes ago before we were recording. I was like, this feels like one of those movies that if it was made today, it would be, like, from Seth Rogen and his group. And I feel like there's like such a specific energy, or so sp- like specific take, like because obviously they've worked in other genres that like mix with stoner movies, like I think of Pineapple Express right. being like a kind of like a like a action movie, but like with stoners or whatever. Or I think of like, um, uh, this is the end, where they are like being invaded by hell, and it's kind of like a like a post apocalyptic stoner movie kind of thing, right? But again it it still feels very much like those but like with this one I it almost feels like like yeah it's a stoner comedy and there's like stoner aspects to it but it feels like it's a, kind of a perfect balance of horror movie and like stoner movie cuz like it just feels like it it goes hard in both directions to make this like really kind of nice balance yep. to it. So like the hor- like there's stuff that's genuinely horrific in this movie like yeah like it's really silly at times and like you know i think i could watch this anytime and just be like having a good time but there's some shit in this movie like the whole opening scene's very like harrowing yeah it is because like the whole opening scene of this movie is um you got the parents of anton who um are nervous because they're like um you know they're starting to hear things and then they see like a sign above the bed that says i'm under the bed Um, that was, looks like it was written in blood with like a black light or something. Mm -hmm. And they initially think it's a prank, but then immediately the dad played by Fred Willard, may he rest in peace, um, gets murdered and, uh, the mom gets murdered as well after they found like blood and like, and like, it's like, they're like, they, they really lean hard into like the horror aspect and like when the mom gets murdered, it's so violent. Yeah. Because she gets she gets dragged under the bed and then like this explosion of blood shoots across the floor. You're like Jesus Christ.
0: Ugh. So many like crazy things. Um, I always think about when the hand is like a puppet.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that <laughs> at, the, at the end of the and movie and it changes
0: expression, which is so great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like like it, I love the like the fake out with that too because they initially show a different puppet that looks significantly scarier. And then it's like this really silly like kid show looking puppet with like <laughs> like those like little furry like twisty things yeah. as hair mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's like big old eyes and like a single tooth yes it's so great <laughs> it's, it's so great and then like you know just some of the some of the imagery again it's just like it's just such a nice balance you know even when the hand is detached because it comes to life as we were talking about. Like, it looks so grotesque. Especially after the microwave,
0: like, <laughs> it gets microwave yeah. at one point. <laughs>
1: oh my god, that scene. And I told Joey to look away, because I did I, did you look away? Mostly, yes. Yeah, because like, it, like, because when it's in there, and I apologize if this is too graphic, but like, when it, when it's thrown into the microwave, like, it starts pulsating. Yeah. And like, blood shoots out the fingers, which is like, such a disgusting thing to think about. There's a handful of times I actually told Joey to look away, I think, because, like, I know Joey has, like, he's pretty squeamish with, like, I know S- vomiting.
0: Vomiting is a big one for me. Yeah.
1: Um. And there's a there's a scene um, after Penub gets his head put back on, and again, I'm sorry, Joey, <laughs> specifically, yep. but to anyone else, I'm also sorry, but, like, there's a scene where, like, Panub puts his head back on, and they're eating burritos. Mm, I looked away. But they're just yeah, micro... <laughs> yeah. And then, like, as he's eating it, it's not actually going into his body. It's coming through, like, his hole. the hole yeah. in his neck. Ugh. Yeah. Like, I was like, that, that, I, I, I remember watching that after I watched Matt, because I watched this movie twice, actually, and after I watched Mad Love, I, I wanted to watch it, and I remember that scene, I was like, Joey can't see this. No. No. Jo- this is not a Joey scene right here. Um,
0: but, but. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I also love, too, that the friends get to go to, he- they get to be angels.
1: Yeah, like like I love that like at first like Anton thought they were gonna go to hell. <laughs> They're like, We're not bad, it's not like we're good at it or anything, but it's not like we're going around killing people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they just mess with
0: them like they have like the, the the thing from the beginning of the movie, I'm under your bed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like Anton gets his wish at the end of the movie. He gets to but it comes at a at a at a price. It does, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like he he gets, uh, okay, so how this movie ends, um, is there's a school dance. Yes. And at the school dance, um, which Anton didn't know about cause he hasn't been to school in six months. <laughs> and so, um, uh, he, they're going to the school dance. It's a Halloween dance and they got offspring freaking pretty fly for a white guy guys Yes. Um, they got offspring playing at the band or uh, playing at the dance. <laughs> at, the, at the dance as a band. <laughs> at the dance as a band. And uh, basically, the hand has escaped because Mick and Penub accidentally let it out of the microwave. Yes. And it shot, and it shot out, and they're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so they go to the dance to try and stop the hand from killing uh, Jessica Alba, who the hand is coming after to drag her to hell, essentially. And Debbie Lecure is there with uh, Randy mm-hmm. to try and um, stop Anton because they think he still has the hand. It's a whole bunch of kind of factors at play here, yeah, because it's all coming to a head. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, a bunch of people get di- get killed. Tanya, oh Tanya, Aww. the best uh, Jessica Alba's best friend. That scene
0: that's upsetting
1: that's upsetting. and then there's that really like dark joke <laughs> yeah it's because like because like P'nub is really into Tanya yeah and Tanya's is really into Panob even though she has no clue that he's actually dead yes <laughs> they make out at one point and I like in, like in context you're like Jesus <laughs> <is> so weird <laughs> <laughs> and so like they get they get to the part where because t- like Tanya gets pulverized by a fan and they get to that bit because they're trying to save her. And Penumb and Mick are in this vent. And Mick just goes, all right, I'm not going through all this, Tanya. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and, he's like, and he like starts making fun of Penumb. He's like, I guess you're really not going to get me now, are you? He's like, it's just not fair. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's like, well, you can go back if you want to get a piece. That's one of those jokes I feel so bad for laughing at, but...
0: I mean, you know, it's just some weird stuff, you know, like, and then also when, like, Molly's getting, about to be, like, sent to hell, her th- her clothes get torn off, like, some of her clothes get torn off at one point, so you're like, okay.
1: Alright, yeah, yeah. You know, um... But- That's happening, and <laughs> Penup's like, I-, I bet she wins best costume. <laughs> but I love
0: the, the these, these two movies, though. Like, the idea of just, like, you're not in full control of your hands, and they do some murderous things.
1: Evil hands, man. Like, could you imagine if you were in a situation where, like, you had no control over your own hands? And, like... I, that, that's kind of a scary thought cuz you cuz like you use these things more than you use anything else i think you, you, i'd argue besides your mouth i mean you use you have to use like them for talk a lot of things you know um so
0: yeah it's just kind of a really fascinating concept for a horror movie but also with both of these movies there's there's some parallels uh, we have decapitation uh you, decapitation used in uh, different ways um you have a, a, hand a, removal hand removal guillotines
1: I literally like I could not help watch watching this first movie the whole time I was like, "Oh my god, idle hands." Mm-hmm. This is like he's gonna have because like w- when they made like the scene when he's when he's on the uh, the train when Colin Clive's on the train and um, he has the uh, the pen or whatever and it's like being and it's been thrown by the the uh, Rolo, Rolo yeah. and you know, they do, like, a clear, like, close-up shot of his hands, and then, you know, remembering that he was a great, uh, that Colin Clive was a great pianist, and it's, like, you know, two and two together, I'm like, he's gonna have evil hands. (laughs) (laughs) He's gonna have evil hands. But then, like, obviously, the big difference is that the evil hands aren't necessarily the focus of bad love, but it's a, it's an important aspect of it, nonetheless. And... Um, in this, in this movie, it's, uh, it's, in Idle Hands, it is very much, like, the focus is that his hand is alive, and, well, his hand is not his, under his control, and it's killing a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But
0: it, it's also, I think you pointed this out, too, we've never talked about, like, a stoner comedy, like, before.
1: No. I I don't know, like, cause... I, like, not, there's nothing wrong with stoner comedies, but I just don't imagine you and I are, like, necessarily the demographic for a movie like that.
0: No, no, you know, uh, but I think it, it really fits, uh, and I'm glad we were able to bring this one on the show, and bring both these movies on the show so quickly, honestly.
1: Yeah, this was kind of a last-minute one, because we had a different pairing, which we're doing later. We're still doing it this season. Yeah. Uh, but, because um, Joey had sent me this, and I had watched both, I was like, Joey... What if we just did this?
0: Like, I think each of these definitely is like, you know, bad love's definitely a dude to definitely a a, mo- a me movie, and it's definitely and the idle hands is a you movie. I mean, we b- enjoy, but bo- yeah. we both enjoy both of these movies. Um, yeah, but it's like definitely one comes from one headspace, and then one comes from <laughs> another headspace.
1: <laughs> it gives you a nice spectrum of our our mindsets and <laughs> and 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 how like I, one it's very childish. <laughs> and one is very classic classic but also interested in like hand flippers (laughs) and and uh one is very childish but very interested in jessica alba (laughs) yeah
0: um so yeah these are definitely interesting movies idle hands is uh, that screen factory blu-ray is kind of fun
1: yeah i the cover like both covers are great Mm. but like the the, the, like i'm glad you changed it to like the old cover because that was really cool yeah
0: i typically do that typically do that with a lot with a lot of releases like the new cover is cool usually cool but like i like with my american werewolf blu-ray um i defaulted to like the original poster um Mm -hmm. you know but folks that's i think it's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode of two dudes one double feature uh do you like these movies what's your favorite peter laurie movie um you know do you like the 90s hands hands hands
1: what do you think about hands
0: hands let's not (laughs) you know hands uh, face mad hands, use yo. your mad hands and uh, subscribe to us on insta, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, <laughs> YouTube. You know, don't let them be idle, okay?
1: Show, let them show idle.
0: us some mad love, yo. Uh, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm
1: gonna use my hands for this.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Got to incorporate the double feature titles in a clever yet corny way. That's some mad love for you, my friend. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. And they're definitely not idle right now. Folks, that's got to wrap it up for this week's episode of Two Dudes, One... Yeah, I'm going to repeat that. You know,
1: know, actually, actually, you know what would be a great alternate title? What's that? (laughs) Cockatoo and the
0: double feature. All right, check us out next time on Cockatoo, (laughs) One Double Feature.
1: (laughs) Have a good night, everyone. Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout out as always to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And of course, stay tuned for a brand new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. I'm mass
0: uh, uh,